Hey guys, welcome to the Lunch Boys Podcast. Henry is a jerk, and that's why you haven't heard the episode that he and I recorded. <laughs> Throw him um, under that bus. Oh, I'm throwing him under the bus. <laughs> Had some good content for that one that I'm going to have to revisit because Henry was not ready to put on his podcast shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to listen to um, it. Oh, yeah, you'll get to listen to it. Matter of fact, if we had a Patreon, that would... I mean, we do have a Patreon. If we had tears mm. to our Patreon, that would be... You know, matter... So that we send to our patrons. Matter of fact, guys, cash at me $30 and I'll give it to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one time It's fee. like, here's the episode that's going to make you not want to be a patron anymore. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this might be it, depending on where you... I mean, anyways... I mean, it depends. Some of our Neocon friends are going to struggle with this one. But we've got some things to talk about. There's a lot of things uh, (laughs) going on in the world today. Um, Like, we've got Israel and Palestine bombing the crap out of each other. We've got Texas saying that you got to have a baby no matter what. We've got... I'm just saying, uh, we've got the Libertarian Party trying to make some moves specifically in the Mecoc, Mises Caucus. I was thinking of uh, Robbie the Fire Bernstein and the yeah. Mecocs will rise again. Um, okay. what, what was the other thing we were going to talk about? Uh, uh, the oh, 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 oh. hate crime bill. We're going to also talk about the hate crime bill, the COVID hate crime bill, specifically relating to Pacific Islanders and Asians. And but what we're gonna start with because it's obligatory and it's 2021 and the world is full of crap is a little update on coronavirus. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. And what's funny, this is one of my favorite things in the world, with the mask no longer being a thing, all these other places that in lockstep were like, oh, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. When they were telling us that they were following the science, when they were telling us that they were going to wait until certain cases got down to a certain point, which they never defined, the minute the CDC says, oh, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, everyone's like, all our numbers are great. I'm like, well, if if we were following the science, not everyone's numbers can be the same. Yeah. So at what point... But you never defined that because you were just waiting f- to be obedient, and I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, because like uh, I, I don't even remember if I said it, but like a week ago or maybe two weeks ago at this point, if you had suggested, mm-hmm. oh maybe because Rand Paul did, if you suggested, oh if you're vaccinated you don't need a mask, you know Fauci would have been like, how dare you? You know you need three masks still, and if you're vaccinated you can go down to two. And, but like now, Fauci was wearing a two mask like two weeks before. Like when that one senator was grilling When the camera him, was, like was on. Weeks? Yeah, he was. That's right. That's what they do. But I apologize. Go ahead. Oh, no. Like, that's all. Like, you would have been considered a, like, anti-science, anti-vax, like, conspiracy theorist if two weeks ago you were like, I think we're fine and we don't need this. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, without any change in the numbers, without any change in, like, mindset of 90% of the country, they're just like... You know what? Actually, we can get, we can go away with this highly politicized like mark of the beast sort of thing, where like you can clearly tell what side like the arguably one of the most divisive topics of 2021 because it's visible. Like that and the mega hat were basically it. You know, that's so true. And you know, it's another funny thing about the whole mask thing and like just all the stuff going on is, um, like you said, it's kind of like this mark of the beast thing. 
where not to it, sound too to conspiracy theorist, but yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like don't don't read into that too much. It just means that you well, know Scarlet exactly where people stand and what better. people think. Yeah, based on whether or not they're wearing a mask. And now what we're seeing is that people don't want to wear a mask specifically because they don't want to look like a Trump voter, which I thought was just going to be like a certain dark corner of Twitter that was talking about that no. because you know how Twitter is. <laughs> and then like overheard and CLT starts posting about it. And then like other people I know are posting about it. There's this uh, reel that's going viral right now on Instagram that you've probably seen of that. Like he's probably Indian guy. That's like playing, listening to yeah. music and he's like taking his mask on and off and it's got like CDC says you can, but you don't want to look like a Trump voter, but you're fully vaccinated, but you didn't post your vaccine card. Like, and he's putting his mask on and off and everyone thinks it's hilarious. I'm like, that's a problem. This is a religion. Yeah, and what happens with this is these people who say things like the science is clear, even though the science doesn't mean anything at this point, because a bunch of states can open up at, at a whim as soon as the CDC says it's fine. So which tells me, okay, so science doesn't matter. It's all about obedience. There was no numbers given that justify this. Yeah. Not that I think you should have to wear a mask to begin with. I'm just saying if you're following the science, not everyone's science can be the same at the same time with different communities, different cities, different, you know, all the things. Yeah. Um, but it, these people who say like, oh, well, I'm following the science. They remind me of those fundamental Christians who say, oh, well, the scripture is clear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> not only is it cleared or clear, it's settled. And right. Like the whole idea, like you don't need to be a postmodernist to believe something like this. Like the idea of science is it's not settled. Like it's a continuous like discovery process that we can continue 100%. to, you know, clarify and expound upon. And, you know. All the rest. And again, you don't need to be some crazy, like, objective reality isn't a given, like, postmodernist, like, Foucault or whatever. Like, mm. this is just normal. Like, the scientific method literally is, well, test stuff. Like, don't right. take it as a given. Test stuff. <laughs> and, like, we, for the last year and a half, it was just, oh, by the way, you're a Nazi if you dare say anything out, out like, or test anything the way we don't want it to. Right. And it's interesting because those words are important. And unless you have some other points, this is pretty much all I had on COVID just for today. Um, yeah. But, like, I think it's interesting that words are important. And in medicine, you say that you practice medicine. Yeah. And the reason being is because what you're doing is you've seen a particular set of, uh, whether it be side effects or results or whatever, when you administer certain things or certain situations and they consistently work out a particular way, mm -hmm. right? So the science, by definition, cannot be settled because yeah. it is constantly being practiced. And when you have a scientific law, that makes it sound much more concrete than it actually is. The only thing that that really means is that when you have your control group, your experimental group, and your experimental group, and you can compare the two, and you get consistent results, you can say with with uh, a level of reasonability that this is what how this thing works. Mm -hmm. That's how the scientific method works. That's, at least that's how I learned it in school and, you know, a status curriculum, whatever. The bottom line is, like, if that's, the, if that's what we're saying is the science, then how come none of that applied with hydroxychloroquine? How come none of that applied when it came to herd immunity? How come none yeah. of that applied when they're saying that children right now still have to wear masks? And, um, oh, I posted this thing. Let me share something. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, you saw, you might have seen it on my Instagram. I posted Smarter News. Uh, Smart Her News uh, yeah. is this really awesome place to get news because she's very meticulous at saying this is what it is and then kind of leaving it at that so you can draw your own conclusions. 
she's super intelligent super smart um anyway she posted this thing here's the effects of covid on children just gave the numbers didn't give anything else it was kind of funny to read the comment section because you do get to draw your own conclusion but like you'd have to you'd have to really try to say covid affects children but what's funny is based on these studies where we know that covid basically doesn't work doesn't do much to children whatsoever that schools now per cdc guidance still have to have masks in school they still have to have masks on the school bus they still have to have the mask on public transit and it's just like why like that doesn't matter like it doesn't affect children hardly at all and so yeah it, uh i'm looking at looking it up right now uh deaths for well they really went around and changed this graph didn't they to make it just impossible to read uh, deaths per and that's another thing they do <laughs> yeah, deaths per 100,000 population ages 0 to 13 is less than uh, 1 per 100,000 so that, but they have to wear a mask in school that's pretty because sick. it's dangerous <laughs> yeah yeah it was, I mean they are pretty sick clearly and the, the hospitalization <laughs> rates are you know I don't want to say zero because you know somebody could fact check that pretty easy but like it may as well be zero uh, for anybody under 30 <laughs> really if i know that it's statistically it. negligible yeah for, uh, that, for that age group yeah but we we went over that in like episode 25 or something uh, like debunking covid hysteria like we just laid out all the no- granted it was like seven million cases and like two hundred thousand deaths ago but like the the numbers have basically stayed or the ratio has essentially stayed exactly the same um, right until you know on Biden's inauguration day when they changed the testing standards. But you know whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> um, Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. So, so the next thing uh, today, um, this afternoon, Joe Biden signed into law something called the uh, COVID nineteen hate crimes bill or act. You know wh- whichever one I, f- I forget exactly. Hate Crimes Act, right here. Has a lot to do with COVID, so. And from from what I've gathered, the bill is, like, needlessly long for, like, the text of the actual bill is needlessly long for what it is. Essentially, it's going to create a department that handles and processes hate crime, uh, uh, what was that? <laughs> when I hear department, I hear, oh, so government spending just went up? Yeah, yeah, by a lot. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, it, it was Thanks, Senator Maisie Hirono, like the dumbest, you know, female expletive from Hawaii. Uh, wow. Nice. She's so stupid. Like during the Kavanaugh me- uh, hearings, I believe it was, she m- just made an ass out of herself. Like she's so stupid. Um, uh, so she's like AOC. Like AOC, every time she talks, AOC like, is a genius a- compared to her. Wow, that is a level of stupid. At, dude, at least AOC comes across as likable sometimes. Like, I, like, at least I can give her that. To, to, man, that's hard. To certain people, <laughs> but like, man, Hirono just drives me up the wall. But um, so it, she wrote it, and it, it essentially creates a department, and the uh, I believe it's the DHS or the DOJ. Let me, uh, DHS. Um, wow, it's just not gonna really tell me. Uh, I think it's the DOJ. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and look. Uh, basically, creates a department to process hate crime accusations and filings quicker, specifically against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, because there's been a, an uptick of, you know, Asian hate. I'm sure everybody saw the Instagram stickers. 
Stop Asian hate. Stop Asian hate. Uh, the white supremacist, you know, perpetrators of this Asian hate. Um, and if you go look at the suspects, trust me, they're all white. Don't look into that. Uh, they did mention in the bill that the suspects, that not all of them, or not all of the uh, deaths from that one shooting that sparked this whole thing, they cited that shooting in the bill. Mm-hmm. And um, they mentioned that not all of them were Asians, but they were predominantly Asian, which is oh, why I'm saying, Asians get a bill. I'm saying the suspects, not the victims, or maybe I misspoke. But the suspects uh, are, are definitely all white. <laughs> don't don't look into that. Um, oh and, yeah, that's and true. And this is just uh, the plague of white supremacy, like we heard. All the videos I saw were black guys, but that's beside the point. Yeah, like we heard. Black people uh, are like Israel; they can do no wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we heard from Biden's DHS, you know, like two weeks ago or whatever it was. Uh, white supremacy is the greatest domestic threat so asians watch out <laughs> i guess better um, watch out for them white people so they're tall brown and no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh real tan uh <laughs> so like of there, african descent white people <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mainly south african it's not just black people i'm just making a joke yeah <laughs> um <laughs> So I think this bill could either go two ways. Either one, it's going to be a mass... Well, regardless of which way it goes, it's going to be a needless strain on taxpayer money and resources. Like, that's just a given, um, really, Uh, because government. And so it could go the way where this is just a massive virtue signal, and it does, you know, something kind of benign like actually just expedites the process of getting like these handful of cases like sped up and then it kind of just fades into the background and the budget keeps just (laughs) continuously growing and growing and growing because again (laughs) government um so it can either do that or it's going to be uh sort of like the patriot act where it starts you know and people are like this is kind of (laughs) stupid and then it just keeps growing into more uh you know overreach and tyranny and like all of a sudden everything's a hate crime uh you know any crime against a minority by another race is a hate crime uh and throw on a extra decade even though the crime is exactly the same as if it was like inner race you know so i feel like it's gonna just create a different class of crime and punish people for thought crime i'm very much with uh rothbard on the idea of hate crimes and the idea that like what's in somebody's head doesn't matter at all like the crime is what matters like if i punched you because you were black i should be charged because i punched you not because i did it because you were black you know like that shouldn't attack on extra because all of a sudden that's a thought crime and like it just doesn't matter Dave Smith laid that out so well where he said that if you murder someone whether or not it was for race or your sexual orientation or whatever Mm -hmm. the bottom line is you committed evil and aggression against someone which was murder yeah and if you torture someone just for the sake of it or if you torture someone because they're black you tortured someone yeah so it, it it doesn't add insult to injury at all and from a legal standpoint I mean it is Right, from a legal standpoint, maybe we, I should differentiate that. Yeah. Because I, I do think, as a black guy, you know, like it is pretty egregious when someone wants to do something to me specifically because I'm black. But at the end of the day, if they think that I'm less than or they hate me because I'm black, I find that egregious too. But I that doesn't harm my person, my property, or the fruit of my labor. Yeah. And so if it, he might hate me, 
and have ill thoughts towards me. But as long as he doesn't harm my person, my property, <laughs> or the fruit of my labor, at the end of the day, he's just an ignorant person. That's it. Yeah. So the the crime that's committed when you hate someone is the aggression. It's not the idea. And then you have to take it a step further and say that if you're going to start charging people for things like hate crimes, now you're putting the burden on the state that is charging these people and carrying out this legal process to prove that a thought crime was committed. Mm -hmm. So you're really putting a lot of pressure on the state. You're increasing the, uh, federal expenditures, which is just a nightmare even if yeah. it's a good idea it's just a nightmare it's like and it, it always costs more than what they say it's going to cost and now you're creating a space where there's no concrete way to prove the crime or or to to prosecute the crime that is that they're in court for yeah and, so there's all these issues i think that come from things like this yeah and and i know one of the main you know rebuttals to something like this is well this is a slippery slope fallacy and like all i got to say is look around and all i see are slippery slopes that have like come true you know uh <laughs> seriously like, if you if you think about the idea of like the war on terror that's quickly become the war on domestic terror which has quickly become the war on anybody who disagrees with the establishment like i have multiple twitter friends who have had police show up at the d their door for tweets that are like a, a little spicy but like not anything <laughs> you know, like the cops should be called over you know what i mean like I mean, AOC sent police to that dude in California who was, I think, a like a gay liberal yeah. uh, blogger. And he was just like, hey, yo, AOC, get your ish together. Yeah. And cops showed up. He's like, I'm on your side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, uh, again, all I see are slippery slopes. And, like, not to sound too much like a, you know, conservative right winger or whatever. Like... You know, oh, you are. Look at culturally. Well, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I'm totally. Kidding. I mean, relative to like libertines, I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, totally if you, kidding. the anti. How do I put this as delicately as possible? The anti like LGBT group had a point. You know, as soon as you bring the quote gay agenda into the political sphere. Like it just it it opens it up for a lot, and they were saying like, "What's next?" You know, the trans things gonna be the number one. It's like all of a sudden, yeah, it is. And like now that you have drag queen story hour like across the country, and like that's kind of hyperbolic, but like you know, slippery slopes exist. The Second Amendment started as a complete constitutional protection of gun rights. Look at where it is now. Look at free speech. Uh, like you need to be. Um, or, or you can get locked up for, uh, oh, I had some, like, libel and slander laws exist, which uh, is, you know, a violation of free speech. The Seditions Act, uh, you know, throughout the 17 and early 1800s, if you were speaking against the war, you could get thrown in jail. Like, again, all I see are slippery slopes and slippery cliffs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's not an argument. And uh, I'm kind of tired of people thinking it is. I'm seeing rummagings kind of at the at the risk of maybe going off topic, but even like some rummagings on the interwebs of us injecting a whole lot of LGBTQ, um, I guess, propaganda, for lack of a better term, into our military ads and military recruiting oh, yeah. and things like that, um, which is I, for me as someone who is liberty minded hits me in a very particular place. <laughs> Look, the bombs are dropped like, by a gay person. It's fine. <laughs> Right, murdering children, but you're gay, is better than murdering children 
but maybe it's not a gay friendly environment. Like yeah. again, it's 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 this idea thing that doesn't actually matter as long as we protect people's person, property, and the fruit of their labor. But and and I genuinely think like for me, I I, I, I maybe we should do an episode where we just talk about the non-aggression principle and then do like something exhaustive like uh, Constitution of No Authority or something like Economics in One Lesson, mm-hmm. where we take the one thing and we just apply it to as many things as possible to see how logically consistent it is. Because oh, I could do that people... in four seconds right now. Oh, dude, me too. It would be a fun episode, though. Um, but oh, at no. the risk of hold, withholding that. <laughs> oh, no, real fast. Like, everything stems from your, your body and your labor, according to the homestead homesteading principle laid out by John Locke in his second treatise of government. Uh, you are the first homesteader and occupier of your body, so you have the rightful claim to all of your labor, which is where all of your property comes from, or where all property comes from. So then the only justly, you know, derived property is either gifted or purchased. And to violate that natural order is aggression. 100%. So don't do that. <laughs> like, that's that's it's, literally it. And then you can apply that to everything. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So it's like, people are like, how can how can I think the way I think about, you know... You, you just said loosely the gay agenda just because like people I don't know I don't know what else to call that. it <laughs> yeah right? like there's probably a better term out there but like I mean there's nothing wrong with being gay I don't think you know yeah. like I don't think there's anything like especially from a social political kind standpoint like pain in the ass I mean <laughs> like <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but like I don't think there's anything wrong with being gay I I hope that anyone who identifies any way they want to sexually whatever like do your thing I don't care I'm the woke person of the group um, <laughs> I mean I agree <laughs> the reason why but yeah and what's funny is all of us think that the issue that we have is when all of a sudden now it's considered quote unquote violence to misgender someone yeah, I have a huge problem with that because it's like if I haven't har- harmed your person, your property, or your fruit of your labor, which if I just call you he on accident or even on purpose, yeah, I have not harmed your person, your property, or your labor. There has to be a principle by which all your morality, especially Christians, have an issue arguing this from a political standpoint because they keep looking to God so much, which I do think is the best way to look at it. But if people don't care about what God thinks, you got to stop pointing to God and you got to argue on something else, which is why you've got to argue from principles that have something to do with something other than the Bible. So my issue is if I call you he, because you look like a he, I did not commit any act of violence against you because your person property, I'm going to say it over and over again, because it's like, I I want to nail it home is if you don't have principles, you can just start defining things as you want. And now nothing's real. And then you start gaslighting to people. Be, and I think that happens a lot, specifically with uh, the LGBTQIA. Yeah, community. plus. Uh, plus. <laughs> to be like hyper pedantic about it. I almost misgendered it. the uh, uh, LGBTQIA plus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be like hyper pedantic <laughs> about it. Like it is. Uh, so f- from property rights, you get to set your own rules and like kind of my house, my rules sort of thing. So if mm-hmm. if you were to call, you know, uh, somebody who wanted to go by she or he on their property and they had specifically said, like, I want you to call me that like it would be a violation of their property rights. So a minor form of aggression and the proportionate force to stop that would just be like kick you out. 
and right. to like refuse to be kicked out would then be like trespassing which then you could like escalate to, again to neutralize aggression yeah to neutralize right. the, just to weave in some of that you know episode you were talking about into this i guess and be hyper autistic uh <laughs> this is just you know the libertarian thing uh, it was hilarious i was reading uh, a rothbard book the other day because um, of mm-hmm. course i was um and and the best he's he's up there um <laughs> Him and Hoppy. That's what Henry said on the episode that's going to go away. He said, I don't care what Hoppy says. And I was like, oh, man, Ryan's going to be. That's blasphemous. I mean, like, I mean, Hop, Hop is interesting, but, like, I'm out of the two of them, I'm much more Rothbardian. Uh, really? But, like, even him, uh, socially, I don't even. Socially, he and I kind of uh, break a lot. I respect him infinitely as an economist and, like, political philosopher, but as a cultural critic, eh. <laughs> you know um but even he was saying something like you know in the real world uh we can't just be out here th- theorizing and you know contemplating hi- hypotheticals which is something libertarians are apt to do and it's like oh even he know like back in the 80s they were making libertarians or autistic jokes like this is this is just our thing <laughs> it's, we're gonna belabor this until it's as logically consistent as possible yeah, it, exactly <laughs> And then, just like that, where I was like, I, I, if I misgender you, it's not. But you're like, well, if you're on their property, and that's the <laughs> rules of their property. Which, by the way, excellent argument. And yeah, and, and the, it, it actually holds up with the libertarian position because it's like in the public square, that's not your property, so you cannot then legislate the rules by which how other people should should be governed. Which, which is so, the danger of public property, because who's setting the rules? And because like we all have an equal, or every taxpayer has like hypothetically and theoretically an equal claim to the property you know what i mean it's a mm-hmm. it's a whole thing i actually had um michael malice was poking at some like fifty thousand follower like blue check mark about the january 6th riot and, and calling it like you know some bozo put his feet on pelosi's desk to you, you know and, and people want to call this the next 9 11 and I, I he he was saying something stupid, so I said, um, or he said, oh well, that guy put his feet on my desk and stormed my Capitol, so that's why I'm upset about it. And I said, uh, retweeted him and said, well, actually, in a democracy, it's equally his desk and his Capitol, and you're just trying to derive him of his like partial property rights of the Capitol, <laughs> which is like. <laughs> you know in in my head correct and he responds something like well it's not his because he did it under the os uh os- oscopies what's the word under the uh pretense of white supremacy and eradicating people like me and i was like that doesn't change the argument at all like right. so if he but there's that moral argument if though, he uh, that starts so you just got to go down yeah, the rabbit so hole so if he agreed with you the riot would be justified like this this is stupid <laughs> like you're not making the point you think you're making but that's how like you you just framed it up perfectly that's how people like that say that that was the most egregious thing to happen in the history of our country and then on the other side when you have cities all over the country on fire from black lives matter riots they don't care yeah because you can see the cognitive dissonance there's no principle that governs the idea and logically takes it from one area arena to another so libertarians are super annoying in the fact that they are so autistic about everything (laughs) but i appreciate it because there's a defining principle that if the principle can't hold it hold it can't hold true 
from one arena to another, then the principle's not worth keeping. And that's something I love about libertarian ideas, even the ones I disagree with from like the left libertarians and things like that, yeah. is at least you're trying to say that in this space and in this space, even though you would think these things aren't related, my idea is consistent, and I value that a lot. Oh, I've been going down some left libertarian rabbit holes, like Max Sterner, Emma Goldman, uh, Gary Chartier, and whatever, just because they're interesting. Um, that gross. And like, <laughs> or I mean, like, tr- like not woke libertarians. I mean, like, truly left libertarians. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a difference. Like, I don't want to belabor that point too much. Um, that's true but like wow we could really go on on that one too yeah (laughs) yeah. there's a big difference you're right (laughs) and like I see what they're saying I respect what they're saying because like it's one it is one of the things because a lot of libertarian stuff is kind of a priori where it's like okay given the non-aggression principle you know um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for go from there Uh, extrapolate extrapolate from Mm -hmm. that and apply it to everything and they just have a different starting point and like i massively respect that um but like within their framework it's sound i just disagree with it um but speaking of oh oh can i just say something oh yeah yeah you just said a priori which you've said a couple times in the show but it's one of my favorite terms that i only hear in libertarian circles (laughs) uh so uh, Hans Hermann Hopp wrote this book called Democracy the God that Hoppe. Failed. You should totally read it if you haven't read it before. Uh, Hop. Hoppa. Hop. Hoppa. <laughs> I say Hop, you say Hoppa, Henry says Hopi. We got it right, one of us. It's I, probably you. Well, yeah, because I've heard him say his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hop. Hoppa, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I can read a short, short, short section, um, it just says, uh, that he wants to basically argue his point in this book based on a priori theory. So then he gives a little bit of a a definition of it, which says it's a a theoretical approach as intuitively possible in accordance with common sense. So it's mean to what it, it sounds fancy, but what it basically means is this is just how it is. Or logically want to argue from just how it is. Right. Yeah. Um, Logically deduced would be one step smarter than what I said, you know, (laughs) just how it is, you know? And so, Here's what he says in this. It's uh, He says, examples of what I mean by a priori theory are that no material thing can be at two uh, places at once. No two objects can occupy the same space. A straight line is the shortest line between two points. No straight lines can, no two straight lines can enclose a space. Uh, so all of these things that are just like, this is just logically true. You cannot yeah. have one thing in two places. So libertarians, part of why they're so... You know, we always say autistic, but you know, just they they belabor so points heady. and overthink things. Yeah. Heady, um, not necessarily smarter, just like philo- philosophically yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, was <laughs> uh, because they're trying to rationalize. If I think this about this, then given that this cannot this cannot exist in two places exactly the same way, but the principle can, just in the same way that no two are like uh, what, where was it? Oh yeah, no. Uh, no two straight lines can enclose a space in the same way that the shortest line or between two points is a straight one. Mm-hmm. Like both of those things exist in a logically consistent world where they both can be true. And, you, and, and the so, important part is you don't have to test it in the real world, which right. is it's just true. Because like we're getting real off topic, but like the Austrian school <laughs> of economics is uh, like deduced via a priori reasoning, where um, mm-hmm. more I guess. Uh, 
orthodox schools are empirically based, which sounds a lot more official than saying it's uh, you know, deduced. But mm-hmm. you know, so so the Austrians like Rothbard, Hoppe, Mises, you know, down the list, um, take it as a given. Like the starting point is, you know, humans act purposefully to exchange current state of affairs for a better state of affairs. And that choice mm-hmm. is like the starting point that the entire like framework is built off of. And the idea is you need the theory to analyze economic ac- activity because otherwise mm-hmm. there's just in an economy, especially as dense as like the American economy, there's infinite variables that could do infinite different number of things. So to just have like mountains of stats in front of you with no theory to interpret it with is you know we would say foolish but like krugman and even like thomas Sowell and milton friedman uh you know would say is the way to do it and the austrians just don't agree <laughs> like right there's there's a massive focus in uh in history in the austrian school versus like modeling like you hear all the time about economic models that are almost always wrong horribly um, even mm-hmm. like those job numbers came out like a month ago or whatever. And they were like, we were thinking we were going to have like 12 uh, or uh, like 1.2 million jobs. And we only got 300,000. And it's like, yeah, cause your models are trash. Like uh, oh, every yeah. Austrian or anybody who thought about this for more than four seconds could have told you like with the unemployment benefits and everything, like this is going to be a nightmare. Um, so what's what you're saying too. It's kind of funny because both of these two pages in democracy, you kind of summarize them in some way, shape, or form because he uses that to set up a priori theory in relation to economics, and he literally says what human action is yeah. in relation to a priori theory on the next page. I'm like, okay, Ryan, I see you read a lot. I, um, yeah, I just hit, I just hit book 24 for the year, and I'm pretty stoked about it. <laughs> heck yeah, bro. Heck yeah. Uh, the last thing, just because I think it's so good to summarize, just to finish off the a priori, is that he says in the in the end of this paragraph. A priori theory trumps and corrects experience. And in parentheses, it says, and logic overrules observation and not vice versa. Mm -hmm. So regardless of how you feel about it, regardless of what you've personally seen, doesn't matter. Yeah, (laughs) It's either true or it's not. And I'm like, yes. Like, it's just so refreshing to hear people talk about anything. And and just uh, like for an example on that, an example would be, in geometry you're taught that you know a triangle adds up to 90 degrees like the angles of the points add up to 90 degrees Mm -hmm. and like it has to you know or else there's literally not another way for it to happen um so you could go find a triangle that sort of looks like a right triangle you know uh or, or i should say right triangle rather um you could go find a right triangle that kind of looks like it in the real world and test it and it could be like you know 0.0001 degrees off it's like well then the logic is sound your observation is wrong you know because like it necessarily has to just by the essence of its being you you know just like if you found a, a quote straight line in real life that was actually shorter than another path it's like well then that wasn't a straight line so right. like find find a better example in the real world or you know or or prove the theoretic like the proof like think back to geometric proofs back from middle school or whatever 
Um, wow. Uh, I used to hate those. I loved them. It's just a puzzle. Of course you oh, did. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, think back to those. Like you, Then you would have to go through and prove that a straight line isn't the shortest point. And, like, you can't because, <laughs> of course, you can't. You know, so, <laughs> you know, if you have problems with Austrians, come after the framework, and I don't think you can. But anyways, uh, speaking Man. of killing it yeah what can i say (laughs) well i guess it's a good segue Uh, yeah speaking of taking (laughs) stuff without your permission israel uh uh, is in the news um and you know i I, i'm not the most super knowledgeable person on the israel palestine thing because there's literally so much backstory and just context that it would be hard to, you know, t- to encapsulate, you know, and, and just know about and know anything else, you know, at all. There's just too much there. But unless you're Scott Horton and you look like you haven't eaten in 60 days because it's all you do. Yeah. Out of solidarity for the Somalian children, he starves himself. Uh, or it the looks ones like that Obama starved. Yeah, and Bush and Trump. Man, I ought to starve some Biden. kids. I might get a Nobel Peace Prize. Works for presidents. <laughs> Yeah, or at least a fat check. Um, so they're back in the news because uh, them in the Gaza Strip are back at it. And they're back at it. And I just gotta say, as somebody who's like not super super in on the conflict, every time I see people talk about it, it's always oh well my side was justified in bombing this civilian hospital because x y and z and it's like hold on (laughs) like it's like that lady in the scott horton talk when he's like israel's killed children and she goes you know children's defined as anyone under the age of 30 i'm like they're still dead yeah yeah. (laughs) like you you Oh, I almost cussed. I'm like, they're, st- they're still dead, just in case. Yeah. You didn't know. I don't really care what how old they are, because, again, principles, person, property, free to your labor, they're dead. So, evil, regardless. And she's like, uh, excuse me. Oh, that made me so angry. Yeah. But anyway, I, I digress. Yeah, he, uh, if you're wondering what that, uh, or the video he's referring to, uh, if you look up uh, Scott Horton uh, actually shared it in the group chat. We could put it in the show notes. I could. Uh, Scott Horton take human action bash 2021. It's uh, at a Libertarian Mises Caucus event, and he's talking. It essentially, gives a brief background of the Israel Palestine thing since 1948, at least, and then um, it just talks about what's happened recently. And from what he said recently, uh, it was either the first or last day of Ramadan. And they were all in a mosque. Or there was like hundreds, hundreds of people in a mosque praying on their holy holiday. And then IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, came in with flashbangs, tear gas, skunk water, and batons and just started beating them. And then Hamas was like, hey, if you don't stop by, you know, whatever time they said, uh, we're firing rockets. And then they didn't stop. And now, you know, the entire media is just like, Israel under attack. And it's like, yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know if that's how that's what's Maybe happening. it's not that simple. But, like, <laughs> conservatives have such a weird... And I'm not that much of a conspiracy theorist, but, like, <laughs> a little bit. Conservatives have a strange and terrifying allegiance to Israel. 
Because it's like you, you should be a, a, a you know a allied to America first and America only, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. If you're a, a senator, like you should be after number one, which is us, because uh, you know theoretically we're the ones who voted you in. You're representing us, so stop giving billions of dollars to both sides of this war. Literally all paying both sides of a war or funding both sides of a war does is make the war bigger and deadlier so why are we doing that it literally has which means more dead kids it has zero other impacts other than that because we give like three and a half billion to israel and we just uh gave like 300 million to palestine which definitely ended up it was you know supposed to be aid for the hungry but it definitely ended up in hamas's hands it definitely bought rockets like yeah and that 20 dollars i gave to a, a panhandle the other day definitely went to mcdonald's yeah it for sure did he did definitely did for sure did not buy drugs did not um but I, that's why when i say hey i'm happy to buy you some food he says i'd really prefer cash yeah so i'm vegan so like it's kind of i have to go to a special place I look, I understand that some people who are homeless, they really have had a bad luck at it. I'm not saying they haven't, so there's my disclaimer. It makes me angry when I stop to give someone something, and then they start giving me an order. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, you, no, 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 no. It's like, you're lucky you I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I know, 25,000 people just walked past you and didn't even want to make eye contact with you. I want to feed you right now. You don't give me an order. I buy, You get whatever I buy you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, it makes me so bad. Yeah. But that's... <laughs> I, but I think my only, like, main thing is, because, again, not the most knowledgeable person on this whole conflict, but, like, neither side is great. Like, I, I recently saw videos of uh, Israeli soldiers who captured Palestinian children, like, 16-year-olds saying, for sale, like, one for 500, two for 300, or something like that, or two for 600, something like that. And it's like sounds a lot like Obama's slave trade in Libya. Yeah, sounds sounds a lot like Libya, um, and it conservatives, especially neocons, will pretend like Israel has done nothing wrong ever, and that they're just it's just self defense. They're just you know, well, do you not think they have a right to exist? And it's like, well, you kind of just claimed the land, and then you know got rid of 750,000 people who were there and now you're just going around taking people's houses legally gassing them when they're you know at their holy site you know during their holy holiday so it's hard for me to believe that you're entirely innocent and that they're just the bad guys and also um I saw a bunch of uh videos on what was this website uh electronic what is it i think it's an israel uh middle eastern site i think the electronic intifada uh it's a bunch of videos of israelis in the streets and pictures of group chats where they're basically saying we're the nazis now it's time to get these people out like war with hamas war with arabs uh and there's videos of people israelis pulling arabic people out of cars and beating them half to death and I just got to say, uh, conservatives, the, it, these people seem like exactly what uh, lefties thought you were. Because they're literally fighting for an ethnostate. And what's interesting is we're not saying, by the way, that that vindicates Hamas from firing rockets at women and children. Not what we're saying. Because that's dirty to just shoot at a city because you can't. Yeah. We're not saying that. 
we're specifically targeting right now Israel because Israel is the protected class in the narrative. Yeah. For for right wingers, for left wingers, they're doing the same thing with Palestine, where it's like we need to stand with Palestine, blah blah. blah. And it's like, well, they're hanging out with a bunch of terrorist organizations that are cool with shooting rockets and you know civilian targets and things like that. There's a reason that the what's it called the Dome of the Rock exists, the Iron Dome, and it's not because yeah the Iron Dome. That's what yeah. it is. Uh, I was thinking of the mosque. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason things like the Iron Dome exist. It's not because you know these Palestinian victims are peaceful. Okay, so it's not like that. But it's not also like uh, there's nothing going on on Israel's side, which is really important because it's largely missing from the narrative. If you ask me, mm-hmm. to just dive into this is not terrorists versus state. This is a state versus a very marginalized and displaced group of people that then are hiding behind a terrorist group to protect them because they're the only ones who will fight back when literally these people are already in an economic and social dis- disparity. They aren't technically a country. We talk yeah. about them like they're a country. They really aren't. Well, um, can you consider them so, a terrorist group? I guess. Like, I just... I at at say- this point, I, th- I every, every phrase and label media gives a group of people i'm i'm now inclined to just think the opposite because like i i think i agree with you go ahead uh, i mean again based off my limited knowledge which i th- <laughs> you know israel just stole the land and people want to keep saying oh like uh there was a clip with dan uh, bon- uh bongino i believe his last name and gerald uh Heraldo Vieira, I believe his name was Rivera. Yeah, or Rivera. Yeah, um, and you know the typical talking point is always, "Oh, do you not think they have a right to exist?" Or, "Oh, they're just defending themselves." And it's like, uh, it it kind of sounds like you were the aggressor. So, like, you threw the first punch, and you have way more money, and you have way more friends. So now, Big now you can have, like us. yeah, now you can have. You know all all of these fancy explosive toys sent to you, and the entire world's gonna back you up because you're not a bunch of just you know sand people with towels around your head. You know which is kind of the narrative, and you can just have carte blanche to murder children. I if I'm gonna be consistent, and this is where I tend to agree with you, is that the only difference between terrorism and foreign policy if we're being honest or states is that one is states exactly and also how big your state is or i, I was i was even smaller saying, states like, will take more because because let's define terrorism okay so terrorism is the unlawful that's where they get you the unlawful use of violence and intimidation especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims but when it's lawful that's just politics totally fine because we starve children all the time we bomb children all the time we shoot people all the time yeah we shoot children all the time totally fine it's just you know we just call it operation iraqi freedom or something like that yeah desert storm but when <laughs> right desert storm we make it sound super cool but they do it and we're like whoa these terrorist groups are firing rockets and civilian targets and by the way israel's doing the same thing and the right-wing media is saying oh israel's defending itself it's like even no, the no, left terrorism wing too media like i'm it's kind of weird, right? Because, uh, you know, our friends who are, like, super left-leaning, um, 
if you don't i'll remind you later i don't want to be super specific put but in like the chat who are, put it in the chat real fast oh you know i will um <laughs> but like our friends who are super left leaning they're posting stuff about like standing with palestine and things like that and i'm just like guys do you know any of the history of this this is not clear cut i'm not saying you should stand with israel though and that's where people get confused all the time on my instagram and i'm sure you get it too where people are like wait who whose side are you on i'm like the side of truth which is these people murdering people and that's evil you know yeah it, it is because like my take essentially boils down to um screw israel screw hamas screw governments screw war and like i feel like that's a solid position to be in <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's hard to be against somebody who's against blowing children up and blowing not only blowing children up but blowing up their hospitals schools the roads that get their food to them you know like down the list uh especially like in yemen and somalia but whatever uh they're just you know not not marketable enough for people to care it's america's favorite thing yeah black lives matter is that a kid you got there I bet he'd look much more profitable to us if he was really hungry and bleeding. Yeah, and in seven pieces. Does that joke make you uncomfortable? That's what we ta get taxed by every, all, every year. That's what we do, our, sign our taxes off to, and then we get a nice no-interest loan from yeah, them. Our government is trash, but we need it. For the roads. We need, we need it for the roads, and we need it to make sure that evil people don't commit evil against other people. Need it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, need a government the, to make the food safe, you know? <laughs> Yeah, because that definitely is, and it, yeah, it's infuriating. Um, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> yeah, but to to switch gears in the last ten minutes right here, because um, like that's been, unless you have something else to say, because I mean no, I'm, I would think we uncovered like, a lot, but I, I would love to follow it and maybe we'll bring it up again as it yeah remains in the news for the next fifteen minutes because now that George Floyd's not useful, we're not hearing anything about Black Lives Matter, so it's the same thing with this. Yeah, I'm trying to get better so at it's uh, not useful or we get our way, we're done. I'm trying to get better at foreign policy, but there's just so many names I've never heard of and names I can't pronounce like in these areas of the world where it's like hard to keep track of like who's who. And it, it's Yo, it's rough for me if we're just being honest. I'm, I just need John I'm Smith to about, be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning about how Bush lied us into Iraq by listening to this podcast that's written by lefties called Slow Burn. Yeah, yeah. And have you ever heard of Ahmed Chalabi? Uh, maybe what he did, but not the name. Oh man, it's just so interesting. Like I didn't know this guy's name at all, and he was like trying to get America to go to war with Iraq for years so that he could be the president. This dude. Oh, I actually. He hated Saddam. Yeah, I, and he was constantly trying to push America to go to war with him. Yeah, and, and th this is this is where I am. Where like I'll recognize stories and like setups, but I will not mm -hmm. recognize like the name at all. Because again, if you ask me to spell that or even repeat it after you just said it, I I couldn't do that at all. <laughs> it, it's just a too many too many letters that I don't think go together. <laughs> like back oh to my back. Oh gosh. Back. Um. And George Bush said he had actual bloodlust after the 9-11 attacks? Yeah. Well, we gotta fight him over there, so we don't have to fight him here. Uh, right, right. You know, never mind the fact that supporting Israel and literally supporting Israel and all the other things that we were doing in the Middle East could have directly contributed. Not saying that it, that if oh, it, we it, caused it, it. We did. But. I'll, well, I'll say you, it. You hear what I'll I'm say saying? It, we did. No. Well, there's a nuance there. You, you, but I, I agree with you. Is like we created the space 
for someone to want to fly planes into our buildings. Yeah, we deserved it. Or the the American government deserved a retaliation because what would you think is going to happen? Of, of right, course. And you're bombing their kids constantly and sanctioning their governments and regime changes and all this other stuff. Yeah, and like, you know who is on my side on this theory? Osama bin Laden. Like, he directly said your involvement in these wars over here, specifically the ones with Israel and like your starvation of uh, the Iraqi people it's exactly why we're doing this and it's like and then people want to be like they hate us for our freedom it's like okay <laughs> whatever so they have a jealousy complex i don't think that's it yeah yeah i don't think that's it oh fam. so an egyptian uh engineering student in germany quit that to come fly a plane into our towers because they hate our freedom germans are relatively free but he left germany to come back and do that against the u.s you know what's the difference between us, uh, the U.S. and the Germans? We weren't. The Germans aren't bombing <laughs> brown children in the Middle East. Anyways, anyways. Uh, yeah. Last, yep. last like. I'm sitting here biting my tongue. I'm like, oh, <laughs> tell them, tell them, Ryan, tell them. Last five or six <laughs> minutes. And conservatives, sorry if I gave you an aneurysm, right there. But look up the Ron Paul Rudy Giuliani <laughs> moment. That's the best best you thing. You know what ever. they're gonna say? They're gonna say, but have you read Genesis chapter twelve? Ah! <laughs> uh, and to be fair, no. But have you read It says another Oh, I was gonna say, have you read uh, Osama bin Laden's Atwas? I believe is how they're pronounced, which is basically like their message and declarations of war. Like <laughs> 'cause th- I I think that has a lot more to do with it than than Genesis twelve. Yeah, not to mention if you're a Christian, Genesis 12 I don't think is very relevant because as soon as after Jesus, there's no necess- there's no special treatment for the Jewish state. Yeah, there's none. And whatever Israel as the Jewish state is today is not whatever it was back in the times of the Bible. It just shares a name and somewhat of a culture. But that's a we're going back in, and we we're in the last five minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah. So j- just for some petty libertarian party politics, so. The uh, Libertarian Party, and like, full disclaimer, I'm very much a part of the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. Uh, I give money, I support them, I like everything they do, or most things they do. <laughs> Let me just save myself there. 90, 98% <laughs> of the things they do, I'm on board for. Um, so, we've been trying to take over the Libertarian Party to make it not uh, suck. It is basically basically it. So there was a convention in Pennsylvania, and for the last, I believe it's uh, 35 to 40 years, um, there's a bylaw that says you have to have been a member for 180 days or more uh, to vote. As I, I can't remember if it's as a delegate or just as a member. Um, I believe it's as a member. Uh, this isn't like big news so there's no article so I'm going based off of, like memory and like what I've heard uh, <laughs> um, and it again it's been waived for, for the last like 35 40 years and then all of a sudden the Mises caucus is around and just wiping states they're kicking butt and taking oh my yeah. god it, it, it's such a white pill uh, so but they show up to Pennsylvania like ready to go and then all of a sudden they don't waive the bylaw and now there's a ton of Mises because like the Mises caucus has only been around like two years or three years and 
it's only been like a fairly recent push of like all right let's do this like let's take over and make this our thing uh so there are a lot of people who are not like secret communists or whatever but just like mises branch people who are like all right i'm here and it's been shorter than 180 days or less than 180 days and now all of the same idiots who are in charge of the lp pennsylvania chapter are still in charge because they you know cock blocked the mises caucus <laughs> for lack of a better term. yeah basically um and, and what's just like infuriating to me is well there's two main things one thing is i've been personally yelled at on twitter by you know certain woke blue pill libertarians for being pro voter id because i just want less people voting <laughs> to put it bluntly but like you know it's racist and blah, blah blah it's like oh so restrictions on voting is racist and bad huh okay well then like let's get rid of this bylaw well no that's to prevent a takeover of the oh cool <laughs> that's cool. neat um and then the second thing is uh you know, it's like voter ID is racist, but please show me your papers for your vaccine. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Right. The same sort of All thing. Right. There's actually a okay. Cato article. I can't stand Cato. Uh, there's a Cato article that said, like, vaccine passports could actually be very useful, but the government. And it's like, don't call yourself liberty minded if you're going to. That's like the most, that's the least liberty minded thing I've ever heard in my that life. That way libertarians suck. Um, so but those same people also are the types because like mises branch usually doesn't believe in electoralism typically this is like a new thing of like all right let's try this ron paul sort of strategy one more time <laughs> you know um so like the people who are against us will typically be the type that say um uh uh you know third parties are shafted out of electoral chances because of these restrictions and like ballot access you know requirements and blah 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 and it's like okay so you're tired of third parties not being able to make a wave in politics and here you are blocking a third party caucus essentially from being able to make waves inside of the party so like you're you're hypocrites all around and i don't like you and you're the reason why people hate libertarians and i'm sure you were just one more election away from freeing people yeah yeah okay and like what's (laughs) what's most infuriating to me is they hate the mises caucus because of its affiliation with the mises institute which of course to them is some racist neo-confederate fascist sympathetic you know institution which is like literally going to be farther from the truth but so there's a handful of people who have written a hand at the Mises Institute who have written a handful of you could consider them racially insensitive things at best and but but the same people who will like write the Mises Institute out of existence was fine with having Bill Weld who's a lobbyist for Raytheon be the VP choice in 2016 so he, writing racist that ticket, ri- that 2016 ticket was a hot writing list. racist stuff can never associate with sold weapons to chill, kill children with okay you can be our vp totally cool not only is it totally, totally cool you yeah. can be our vp and, and it's like i'm done i'm done with these people i, I want them all Bill out. well was just a failed republican yeah he was a neocon who needed an audience that's why he went to liber- the libertarian side it, that's exactly that's it. yeah and, and uh so that's libertarian party poli- uh, politics and it's 
it, <laughs> awful and I, I i don't like it but you know whatever we're still gonna win uh we're, we're like 50 percent of the party i genuinely think that the the mises caucus is pretty much the only arm of libertarian of the libertarian party uh, not necessarily libertarian philosophy i mean specifically the politics unbelievable i think it's the best the best most consistent most well thought out i think they are the future of the libertarian party so and i think it would be beneficial for everyone like even if you're a super uh woke person yeah um it would be nice to have someone who will care about you your ability to be woke except without the compulsory aspect as no one will do that more than the than and from a logical logically consistent standpoint than the mises caucus and also all of you liberty-minded republicans who just don't have anywhere else to go because you just feel like the left is too much come on over and shed some of your neoconism or or all of it (laughs) maybe (laughs) all of it yeah it's okay we want to legalize all the drugs that doesn't mean that we're crazy. Like, like the, the same way, the same way people in Texas are yelling at Californians not to vote blue when you show up. Leave your neoconism at the door and trust that we've figured this out. <laughs> like you, you right, left like for a reason. Trust that we care about your freedom more than you do. Because meanwhile, when you're simping for the cops who are going to be the first people to take your guns, we're the only ones who want to build systems that keep that from happening in general. Yeah. So like, just, just. Come join the Meekocks. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, uh, that's all. Preach passive. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I've got to say <laughs> per- about that I personally. <laughs> this was super fun, Ryan. I like super enjoyed having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I like you. Well, Guys, Ryan gay. got engaged. I did. So it's the least I'm gay thing. Hang, hang, the, uh, hang the jersey from the Raptors. Boys out of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boys out of the game. Hang it up. <laughs> We're retiring this number. Yeah, it was... Um, I was on the bench most of the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the one was, time the coach put you in, you scored. You know, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen to the last hour, and it's pretty clear that I was on the bench most of the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know why Ryan was single, rewind the episode yeah, yeah. and figure it out. <laughs> the next part was breaking down a priori economics. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. But um, anyways, uh, that's the episode. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Patreon. Give us your money at the Lunch Boys Pod. Um, give us a five star on iTunes. Uh, four stars. We send them back. That's right. What we do is we take that money that you sent that was supposed to help us rebuild, and we send them back to you because you also gave money to Israel. So we're sending it back. We're, we're <laughs> obliterating your four stars with the Iron Dome. Uh, exactly. Ex- strictly by tax The pieces dollars. make five stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, we just <laughs> chip off, you know, four pieces of whatever. I don't even know. I'm not going to try. I'm drawing an air diagram, and no one can see it, but it's like the four stars come, and then we send them back, and then... It goes back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe on all of the, the channels. Follow us, whatever. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. That's it for this edition of The Lunch Boys. Join us again next time as the boys take one step closer to getting canceled. Bye-bye now. Stay safe out there. There is a lot of COVID. You might get it. You might not. Wear a mask. Or do not. Who knows? 
but whatever you do, have a strong opinion about it, comrades. See you in Gulag soon, yes? <laughs> you think I kid? I'm not kid.